Okay, good. It's been such a blessing already to be here on a morning uh, with Mark and Sarah because, um, one, I have an Australian wife and served in missions for a great number of years, but two, it's, it's the heart of the message this morning, and I think only God does those things. So um, a couple weeks ago, when I was preparing for this message uh, before um, I, I got the flu, I went through the lectionary readings. If you're not, if that's not part of the tradition of the church or the background, uh, the, the common lectionary is a calendar that the church fathers years and years ago put together so that the church, Big C Church, can go through every three years different scriptures, so from the Old Testament, New Testament, Gospel readings. And when I was invited to come preach, I was just wondering what, what the Lord was going to do. And sometimes the hardest part for people who, who um, are asked to bring a message is that idea of what it is the Lord wants to say. And we are going to look at Hebrews uh, chapter 2 this morning. And uh, before that, I'm going to read a passage out of Isaiah as well. The lectionary readings um, are cool in that the idea is we as an individual church then are participating with the other churches around the world. And oftentimes those scriptures for whatever reason, were chosen way back when. And sometimes, just as Sarah gave that testimony in her time in Australia, um, the Lord speaks in many ways um, through individuals in the church and certainly through his word by the Holy Spirit. It's good to be here this morning. Um, I'm a member of Community Covenant Church. If you guys in uh, Scotts Valley, if you're driving up there on 17, those three crosses, we're the church of the three crosses. We're called Community Covenant Church, but nobody knows that because it's just like the Church of the Three Crosses. Um, and uh, so, privileged to be here this morning. It, it's been a joy. My relationship with the church is brief, only in that I've been here a couple of times for Young Life, young life uh, banquets when we support local Young Life, and you guys got crazy kids running through this church. The Troxels, Heather and Matt Troxel, Heather has some office space here, I think, at the church, and you've provided that for her faithfully over the years. All these things make a huge difference. Five and six years and seven years in supporting Mark and Sarah make a huge difference. It's difficult for them when they're overseas to be faithful in energy and providing support when they, them support, they themselves don't have the support. So thank you as a visitor to this church. Thank you for supporting them both in finance and in prayer. We used to get, my wife and I have served in missions for a number of years overseas in East Africa through the Africa Inland Church. We would get cards, handwritten cards from the 80-year-olds in our church, community, or, um, Oakland Covenant in the Bay Area, which we could barely read. But Ethel and Rose would tell us, we pray for you every week. So when they ask for prayer support, they mean it. And they don't take it lightly. So thank you for those of you who do that and bless you because of it. I would like to start with Isaiah 63, verse 7. Um, this is a verse that is in the lectionary reading, and I'd like to start with it. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all the Lord has done for us and the great favor to the house of Israel, that he has shown them according to his mercy according to the abundance of his steadfast love. I love this because this reminds us at this time of the year 
uh, to be grateful, to be thankful. When we were serving overseas um, in Tanzania, we were working at a Bible college and we were preparing um, young men and women to serve the church in leadership. And about this time of the year, we would have a church of Thanksgiving or a service of Thanksgiving. And locals would make their way up to the front with some form of offering. Sometimes uh, it was uh, three eggs from the chickens um, that morning. But it was brought to an altar and set before the altar and given to the Lord with a brief testimonial of how the Lord had blessed them that year. And one year, a man walked up from the back of the church holding an 80-pound sack of corn. I mean, just on his shoulders from the back to the front and just dropped this thing, kaboom, right in front of the altar. And I remember being a little critical in my heart at the time, thinking, gosh, this woman just gave three eggs and you have to show off with the, with the big bag of corn. But that wasn't the point. The point was to give testimony back to the Lord and publicly to say, God has been good to us. God has been good to us, even in the harvest of this year, that we are going to give this sack of corn to the church. And as a result, it it blessed the pastor and his family who relied on our giving, just as you guys have just given uh, to the Lord. And all that matters. And I was thinking, what do we do this time of year? Some of you guys, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you've picked your thing, if you're going to get more in shape this year, if you're going to stop drinking as much coffee as you do. I'm not sure. But I think this time of year is a good time to reflect back and say to the Lord, thank you for the year past. What can we be grateful for? It's easy to get grumpy. I'm so grumpy uh, this time of year when the sun doesn't shine. I'm born and raised in California. If we get three days of rain, I get a little bit grumpy. And then I just pray all year, right, for rain because we're scared of the fires. We're praying for rain for Australia. It's half the country's on fire, it seems, right? But what we do is we, we do this. Lord, why is it raining? So why are we so fickle? But what is it we can do this time of year to see and be grateful to the Lord? Our passage this morning is um, out of Hebrews, as was mentioned. And um, it's, it's really, um, it reminds us of God's salvation, And it's the whole reason, in fact, it's a summary of the season that we've just come through with Advent. It's the whole reason that we just went through Christmas. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And we're going to be looking this morning at God's plan with Jesus coming into the world, fully human, in order that suffering be a part of salvation. Because suffering was a part of salvation. And Jesus becomes a faithful high priest in service to God the Father. A little context for our passage, if you're not familiar with Hebrews. Um, just the beginning of Hebrews and the writer of the Hebrews, if you're not Jewish, I'm not Jewish, although I might be Jewish. There are a lot of Weisses in Hollywood, I keep noticing, at the end of the credits. And um, I'm wondering, now I should look that up. I've got German on I did, I don't, don't worry about that. If you're a spiritual Jew this morning, in other words, if you're a follower of Christ, um, this passage is speaking directly to you. And if you're not a spiritual Jew this morning, or if you're not a follower of Jesus, welcome to the church. We're glad that you're here. This is going to tell you about the man Jesus and, and as part of his plan. So chapter 1, and just, it just, I'm just going to read a couple of verses. It says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. So that sets us up. 
This is Jesus. This is God's plan for Jesus. In chapter 2, it says, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For it is the message spoken by angels that was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was the first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Okay, so that's the context. So when we get to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, the context of this is Jesus is even better than the angels. This is part of God's plan from the beginning. And that's hard for the Old Testament Hebrew thinking to understand, right? How do you get to the New Testament? How do you get to Jesus when God's Abraham's descendants, again, if you're a follower of Christ, you're at Abraham's descendants, How do you get from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Jesus didn't make any sense. How do you get rid of the old? How do you you give up the law? How do you do all that? But the passage this morning is saying, no, it was actually part of the plan from the very beginning. This is what Christmas was all about. The beginning, but also the end. We sang about that this morning. The testimony of Christ's risen spirit. So I'm going to read um, chapter 2, verse 10. And uh, you guys can follow along. It says this. Verse 10. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers And sisters, he says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. This is from the Old Testament. This is from Psalm uh, 22. And also Isaiah 8, verse 13. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children of God and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he has to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Amen. Have you ever been set apart for some special purpose? For a certain task, have you stood out amongst others, maybe for your abilities or for whatever character that you were displaying. Um, Maybe you've served in the military in the past, or maybe you've become someone's full-time caregiver today. Maybe you've set aside a certain career um, in order to be available to family. I'm not sure, but I think there are times when God sets us apart and calls us to do something different, as was given testimony by both Mark and Sarah this morning. A few weeks ago, Um, three of us from our church went down to visit missionaries. And we did that so that they would know that they're not alone. 
We have a, a family in our church who are working with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Some of you will be familiar with Summer Institute of Linguistics. And down in Mexico, we went to Oaxaca. And they have a base there with SIL. And they're doing translation work uh, with the Mazatec language or the people of Mazatlan. Not the nice one that you guys have been to with the beaches. Uh, this is the uh, um, uh, native um, Oaxacan people who live in the highlands. And we were able to go down there for uh, the better part of a week and spend some time with them. And we were really impressed with the national relationships that they built. Because without the nationals and without those relationships, um, missionaries by and large are, are very, minim- are very um, isolated. And, um, but when those guys invest in leadership training and development and the woman who started her own Bible study, you think about how God uses these things and how, how um, this is the church, right? A couple of faithful single people who found each other overseas. It's the best way to find Australian wives, apparently. There's my survey of two. Um, but God does bless when we take those steps of faith. And anyway, we went to visit um, our missionaries. But before we went our church, we had a small commissioning service. And the time in the service for the three of us who were going, because we went to represent the congregation and encourage our missionaries, but we also went to give a testimony to the nationals that they're working with, that we affirm these people and that we bless them and that we are supporting of them. And we wanted them to know, as I said, that they weren't alone. That prayer and practical support um, is there, yeah. But then also to be and eat in their homes and to spend time with the nationals they were working with. So our pastor read words to this effect. He said before uh, we went, he said, We celebrate together that the Lord has led you to this moment and prepared you for this mission We stand to say we are with you and committed to you in this work. For through God's Spirit, we go with you. In the time you are gone, we too shall serve by praying for you. May God bless you as you go and use you in doing kingdom work and leaving kingdom signs on this earth. And that's the the covenant uh, book of worship and and, and different traditions, the assemblies of God, very similar. People take going seriously. People take the call Seriously, But that idea is that we are an extension, those who have served in missions, those who are continuing to serve, are an extension of, of us, the local body, the church. And God continues to do that work um, when there are steps of faithful service. And so what is it that we were doing when we were down there? Well, we were participating in something that was bigger than ourselves, um, just as Jesus um, has done in this passage this morning. So back to verse 10. The sufferings of Jesus... Uh, didn't take place by chance. It was part of God's plan from the very beginning. All of it's God's plan, and it's also a good reminder that suffering can lead to good. If you've had personal tragedy in your life or if you've suffered in some way, it's been my experience, the older that I get, that the Lord uses these things. It doesn't make any sense at the time. In fact, when you're going through it, you just can't imagine what in the, what's the purpose of this. But I... I think that the Lord does use suffering in our own lives and the lives of our family members or friends and that even through suffering, good can come about because it doesn't make any sense when you talk about Jesus heading towards the cross and suffering. Uh, It seems horrible and yet the Lord uses it And and he uses suffering to draw us closer in relationship with him. Verse 11 continues that Jesus 
is our brother. To all who call God Father, Jesus is a brother. It says this, those who've been sanctified, who are called children of God, also have the right to call Jesus brother. That's a pretty interesting concept. One who understands our situation and has experienced it personally with a full human life. It's pretty easy for me to think about Jesus as God. It's another thing for me to think about Jesus as fully human. And we don't have the time for the theology this morning. We don't need to do it. It's just that these are big, heady concepts. You know? These are things that are important to our faith and, and they're important to be understood. Uh, Jesus was fully human and he fully suffered. And that's something that now I can relate to uh, with him as well. The one who makes men holy, he who sanctifies. And those who are made holy, all those people of faith who have accepted God's love, many of us here today, are the sanctified. Hagiazo is the Greek. And that word simply means this, to separate from profane things, to dedicate to the Lord, to be set aside for special purpose, to be put out for larger purposes. It also means to purify, to cleanse something both inside and out, being free from guilt. My father, uh, a couple weeks ago, got a new hip. It was his second. He got his first hip at 70, and uh, he's now 78. Same surgeon, nice guy. Everything went well. He's a little bit more stubborn the second time around, my mother informed me. It's harder to care for a 78-year-old who gets a new hip than it is a 70-year-old. Just mental check for those of you who are going to be doing that sometime. <laughs> My father was instructed before he got to the hospital to cleanse himself inside and out. It's got my attention. A couple of years ago, for those of you who are in the medical community, there's something called MRSA. MRSA is this horrible thing that hangs around lots of places, hospitals included. And these days, they don't want you in the hospital any longer than you have to be there because they don't want you to pick up something more in the hospital than it's, 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 it's easier to be at home, right? Well, I got MRSA. This is Old Testament stuff. This is like boils and leper. You just feel horrible. You feel horrible. I don't know where I got it. My doctor, she, she told me, this is nothing you've done. This just happens. And uh, we need to make sure that you don't give it to your wife or your other kids. So we're going to do this, that, and the other. So when my dad was talking about he was only going to be in the hospital for one night, I, I said, oh, it's because of the MRSA. He goes, yeah, apparently there's some stuff in the hospital we want you to get. So they cleansed him out and he had to take his medicine. And we don't have time for that this morning either. But he did, he did his best to clear himself out. And then he scrubbed his body with some kind of special sponges and wet wipes and had to let his pores air out for 30 minutes until they closed up. And it's more information that you need. Except to say that he did his best to be clean going into the hospital. The thing about getting clean on the inside and out is you can only do so much. The scripture says that we are made holy. Well, only God is holy. Are we okay with that? Is there, are we comfortable with that theology? Only God is holy. And yet the scripture is saying that you are holy. My father tried to be clean, and I get that God can make us clean. In fact, we have been made clean, but this side of heaven, we're not holy. We have to wait for our holiness. Are you okay with this? Pay attention. 
Yet God chooses to see us as holy, to see us as people created to be fully human, people who are seen as pure, cleansed, and set apart for service. We're representatives of God to the world, sisters and brothers of Christ. Amen? Christ among the holy. That's an amazing thing to me. I don't quite get this. When was the last time you felt holy? Come on, some of you have been people of faith for a number of years. Some of you have been followers of Christ for 20, 30, 40 longer years. When was the last time you felt holy? Are you holy? If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a forgiven daughter of the Lord, if you're a forgiven son of God, are you holy? Are you a sinner or a saint? Amen. It's easy to say, yeah, oh yeah, I'm a sinner. In fact, we, we are. There's no getting around it, I'm afraid. There's a couple of verses in the Bible about it. We're sinners. We're all fallen. We're all in need of repentance. We're all in need of mercy and grace. But the alternative is also true. The Lord says to each one of us who are followers of Christ, who have accepted that mercy and forgiveness, you are a saint. That's the same word as holy. To the brothers and sisters of Christ, to those saints of the faith, is that is a crazy concept. You are a saint. Mother Teresa, right? That's the, you pop in there. Are you, how are you, how, you and Mother Teresa, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about your influence in the world at this point? How many years that God's given you? You and Mother Teresa. Setting aside Mother Teresa and God bless her for the service that she gave on this earth, God is actually reminding you that you are truly a sinner, but God has chosen not to see that. In fact, God can't see you in any other ways than his big Jesus glasses. God puts on Jesus glasses every time he looks at you. That is crazy. Praise God. You are a sinner. I am a sinner, but... God sees us as saints. Verse 17. God's plan from the beginning was to have Jesus come into this world in flesh, the incarnation. And Jesus came to reconcile us to God. This is not new. But the concept here in this part of Hebrews, in this part of the scriptures, is that Jesus is the high priest, that one who comes between to reconcile all things. For Jesus is merciful and faithful, one who relies on God the Father, just as we are to rely on on the Father. And Jesus did all this in faithful service to God. Verse 18. We can look to Jesus and try to live a similar life even when things get really hard. When we lose loved ones or our jobs or find ourselves with health issues or even when we face temptations, we know that we serve a God who understands, who's been there as fully human, who's been tempted in every way, who understands his relationship with God the Father. And we know that we serve a God who understands because of Jesus himself. Jesus has been through it all, and he's experienced it all, and he's suffered for each of us. And because of that, it makes sense to me. But most of the people uh, during that time, the disciples included, they didn't expect Jesus to suffer, did they? In fact, there was a bigger plan, and suffering wasn't part of it. And yet... Jesus talks about everything leading us to freedom 
through his suffering in the cross. Jesus is able because he did suffer. The author of Hebrews in the next verse, and this isn't on our slide, but just in the next verse in chapter 3, um, it says, as a way to chal- of a challenge to each one of us who calls ourselves followers of Jesus, it says to fix our thoughts on Jesus. Chapter 3, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. Fix our thoughts on Jesus. Holy brothers and sisters. There we are again. There's that word. Holy brothers and sisters. It comes up hundreds of times in the New Testament. A son or a daughter is one set apart to be a servant, to be of service to the Lord. What's it feel like when I call you a saint? You say, well, if you only knew me, right? If you knew the real me, you wouldn't probably call me a saint. If you got to know me, you'd know that I'm, I'm not the best person. Well, it's okay. God knows you, and God's decided that you're worth loving and forgiving and encouraging, and he's got a plan for you, and he wants to use you, and he is using you. You Say, well, if you only knew, God does know. God's decided to set each one of us apart for service. He can't see us any other way. He can only see us through Jesus. Because Jesus accomplished his purpose, that which God had asked him to do. Because each of us has experienced grace and forgiveness and love, God has asked us to serve others and to serve him in doing it. So, how will you participate this year? What difference are you going to make in your families, in your work, in your neighborhood, and those people that God has you bump into what is it that you're going to do uh, at, at your schools, uh, your kids' schools, and those communities that God has you in? I, and this isn't guilt. There's no guilt here. This is just a reminder that we've got the privilege of knowing that God is before us. God is with us. God has called us, and that we can give back to him. So do what you're doing well, and love those that God gives you to love. And serve those that God gives you to serve. And let that be enough this year. Start right there. So know this. Know that you're loved and that you're called and you're a saint whether you like it or not. That you're holy and God can't see you in any other way. And that God wants you to love and serve those whom already are in your lives. If you end up in the Philippines and doing work, God bless you. Start here as well. Faithfully give and pray and support. And let God use you right where you are um, because that's where he has us. Amen? Um, I'm going to ask these guys to come up and lead us in one more song. And I'm going to, um, in tradition of, of a benediction, I'd li- also like to bless you uh, with the benediction. And um, so receive this benediction and then we'll sing together uh, again one more song. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, both now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for sharing this word.
His love abide with us.